remember the past, pick up your copy of the Haven Herald and rev up your attack van as we escape to Haven. This is Trouble, the Haven Rewatch podcast. I am your first host in our father-son podcasting duo, Alex French. And this is Rich French, the French who has sworn off throwing tennis rackets since I just broke my $200 Wilson Blade 98. <laughs> but So I will not be throwing them anymore. But it didn't stop me from winning in straight sets Wednesday night. <laughs> All right. So we're covering episode four of season three over my head. As usual, we like to do a summary of the events within considering you cannot watch Haven on any streaming service as of time as of the time of this recording. Okay, so episode starts with a what looks like a rob I thought it was gonna be a robbery an ATM, right? But it's it's actually not. Right. It's, so Nathan and Tommy are reviewing video footage from an ATM camera on a laptop, and it looks like it's gonna be a robbery, but then the hood the hooded man turns the head and shoots the woman in the back of the head with with what looks like a bolt gun, which uh Lucasi confirms also the guy who shot her has the maze tattoo on the oh, top I of you were his say forearm. Also Lucasi shot her. I was like, what? Lucasi, yes, yeah. Get ready for Lucasi, folks. There's plenty of Lucasi coming. You're going to be Lucasied out by the end. I know we are already. So uh, Nathan has Tommy run point on it uh, on the investigation, and uh, they'll they'll loop Audrey in next. Uh, meanwhile, Audrey is with our therapist Claire, getting hypnotherapy. Uh, you know, trying to get her to relive some memories. It's not really working on she's like what the fuck you know is this and claire's like oh i didn't learn the school learn on the internet blah 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 not working right and because you know audrey's worried about the time she has left she wants to help people claire's pushing her on you know why'd you you know you push nathan away and yada yada so it's kind of yeah. like a true therapy session which she finally agreed to meanwhile uh this guy is getting a swimming a swimming lesson at a pool where he's freaking out he doesn't want to go in the water he's terrified of the water trying to jump in and uh his swimming instructor gets pulled underwater and fucking eviscerated right and all of the pool is full of blood and frank uh, who is the uh, the gentleman uh just just screaming his lungs out so yeah giving a good hearty scream right right and so audrey and nathan come to investigate uh they're looking at him like hey, is it's a trouble the guy's scared of water maybe like could be something like that uh, and- kind of What's that? Luke, you, you, you're not going to mention Lucchese? He was Sorry. there. Sorry, yeah. a critical staple of this scene. Uh, he's kind of just splashing his hand in the water. Duke shows up and is like, hey, I'm kind of on the case. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? You're not a cop. Like, get out of here. And he's like, well, you know, you guys invited me last time. So now I'm part of the gang, right? I'm looking into this stuff. And it's like, oh, God. And Nathan's pissed. And yeah, Nathan's really pissed. He thinks uh, Duke might learn to uh, like his trouble. Back at the police station. The bros, the Teague brothers come in and they're like, hey, like, what's going on? And Nathan's like, ah, no, 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 no. These days of me just giving you whatever you want are over. You got to give me something before I give you something. Right. And uh, Nathan asks them about, you know, the tattoo and what does it what does it represent? They flat out come out and tell them it represent a group called the Guard who are who've been in Haven for generations and they uh, they protect the trouble from being victimized and they're not afraid to kill to do it. And he asks who he can talk to and they direct them towards Jordan who works at the gun and Rose uh, diner. Yeah. And uh, Audrey's kind of walking by and Claire's like, Oh, you forgot this and gives her her locket that she left at the last uh, hypnotherapy session and finally unlocks a memory of her as Lucy. 
Right. And she can see, she sees herself. Well, she doesn't see herself with Lucy, <laughs> I guess, but she's in the scene. She sees the Colorado kid. So we, they had a big breakthrough there. Finally, finally an advancement in this subplot. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Duke is kind of waiting outside like, Hey, let's get going, you know? And Nathan's like, you know, uh, what the fuck? Like, get this guy out of here. We can't trust him. And Audrey's like, come on, we owe him. And Nathan's like, ah, oh, you owe him, not me. <laughs> right. They hear some commotion and then they run and they see this big wave of water crash into a car and push it right into a, a pole there in the middle of the city. Uh, meanwhile, the Teagues are kind of like, oh, let's kind of poke around so we can get. They go to Tommy, you know, our newest detective since he's kind of around and they're trying to get him, you know, some information from him on the case. And Tommy's like, eh, no, I don't play. So they're like, well, let's let's look into this guy. So they look into him, find there's some internal affairs file with him. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got this guy. And uh, yeah. he comes back and he's like, hey, I see you guys are looking into me like fucking stop it. Like, yeah, I'm done. He's like he gives him a, he tells him you, I'll stay out of your business if you stay out of my business. And he's serious about it. And of course, they don't stay out of his business. They figure it out, kind of try to talk to him about it. Like, yeah, we know your stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I looked into you guys. I know your stuff now. So he's like, I know you guys own like 50% of all commercial real estate in Haven. Like, does anybody know else know that you guys are like super wealthy? And they're like, oh, yeah, inherited. He's like, nah, it's not inherited. I checked into that, too. Like, you guys are up to something, too. You guys got shady shit. Now I'm telling you again, fuck off. Or else I blow your secrets, too. And they're like, uh, OK, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll. Uh... Yeah, we'll agree to it for now because uh, we watch everything and everyone in Haven. So they tried to reclaim a little bit, but yeah. Tommy pretty much smacked them down throughout the episode. Yeah, they're like, oh, you know, they're <laughs> trying to like be tough still. And he's like, no, nah, it's over, guys. Like, uh, and that's kind of like their subplot through the whole story. That doesn't happen all in one bit. Just we just we could that still now be yeah, because, yeah, it's really, really like a separate. Yeah, thread tie in. Meanwhile, Audrey and Duke, they split up. Audrey and Duke uh, go to see the swim instructor who has disappeared because the guy from the swimming pool is now dead. They found him drowned in his tub standing up, uh, or at least were informed of it. And the guy. And they decide, like, that's the only lead we got. Let's go look into the missing swim instructor. So they go to talk. They go to her house. She's not around. Her neighbor comes up. is like, yeah, it's weird. You're not around. And then he starts uh, freaking out and crabs crawling all over him. Good old Bob. I always suspected Bob had crabs. <laughs> anyway, where was Nathan during this? Nathan is at the Gun and Rose Diner meeting Jordan. And uh, Jordan uh, comes over to Nathan's table. You know, she's wearing her black gloves, pouring some, getting ready to pour him coffee. He, in the most obvious and kind of pathetic way, like clearly <laughs> yeah. tries to shove his tattoo into frame so she can see it. Hey, what about that? <laughs> hey, did you have you seen this man? And uh, <laughs> she's not, she's not happy to see it, and like, she God. wants to shut things down. But he forces. He's like, "No, nah, you need to sit down." And then he's like, um, "I need to know about this guard." And she's like, "We don't talk to outsiders." And you know, and he's like basically saying, hey, I bust my butt every day helping the troubled. You know, I just want to want to know I want to help. And she's like, OK, come back tonight at, at you know, at 10 when I close and we'll talk. So it ends up being a pretty good meeting for him. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really get any information. But meanwhile, he kind of like reunites with the gang and they go to talk to the guy. Right, let's talk to the guy from like the wave in the car earlier. Harris, uh, he, there's a bunch of weird marks like. 
you know, cracks in his windows and stuff. And then they find him dead on like the doorstep. And he's like, uh, he's got a cut on his leg, but he's bleeding like severely. Like, right. He's not, he's not initially dead because he's, you know, Audrey's asked him if he's troubled. And he's like, oh, it's karma. It's for the car I fought. I forced off the cliff and I, I know I should have stopped. And, you know, but so that gives Audrey the idea. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, maybe Daphne is the person uh, who went off the, the cliff. So. So Audrey busts out her map. She has a map of Haven in, in, yeah. in the car, apparently. And when they start describing all of the different things, so the cut on the leg, the 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 crabs, yeah. the the guardrail, the no guardrail, Duke is able to find the, the identify the spot immediately, so that they can go to the next day, go to that spot. But he starts drowning in the process. Like, oh man, I, I skipped. Yeah, Duke started uh, drowning on land, but Audrey was able to apply CPR and save him, even though the, the other guys way, be, The yeah. proper way. Thank God it wasn't uh, Nathan doing CPR on Duke, uh, as he almost broke his back last time. So right. they go to the they go to the car crashed over the edge of the cliff. It's uh, Daphne. She's been trapped in there for days. Whatever. Uh, they're discussing what to do, and then Duke repels down there to save her. And Nathan's freaking out. He's like, she, he's going to fucking kill her. He's going to fucking kill her. And Duke runs up and gets the knife and cuts her seatbelt off and rescues her uh, with a little bit of her blood in his yeah. on his skin to get the strength to rip off the door and rip out the steering column. The, the, the quickening, as I like to call it. for Right. Uh, the dukening. <laughs> it could be the dukening, but I, I, I like quickening. But yes. So Duke <laughs> basically saves her. And, uh, you know, Nathan. So Nathan's concerns about Duke like, killing her were uh, unfounded. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the end of like the threat. Meanwhile, Audrey and Duke go to see her at the hospital. Audrey's like, hey, I'm sorry about all that. And he's like, yeah, fuck you. But it was my choice. Like, I chose to do that. Da, 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 da. Yeah, my family legacy doesn't control me and neither do you. So that kind of really uh, covers that. And then we get our second scene at the... Uh, Gun and Rose uh, diner with uh, Nathan and Jordan, and uh, they're drinking scotch straight from Japan, <laughs> which uh, Nathan says it looks like something uh, Duke Crocker would get bring in, and she's like, uh, "We do not associate with Crocker." And, He's uh, like, "Oh, awesome! I'm liking this yeah. already." So she she goes back to why'd you get your tattoo, and he explains, "Hey, Max Hansen was my real dad, and that shocks her. They didn't. She she's says like, it. Oh, didn't, they yeah. didn't know that." <laughs> And then, you know, he's kind of like, um, what's your trouble? And she t- explains to him, if, you know, if I take these gloves off, anyone I touch will be uh, in searing pain. And I, I haven't been able to touch anyone in years, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. And then Nathan shows her. <laughs> he grabs her hand and she's like, holy shit, you can you can touch me. And he's like, and he's like she's like, you don't feel. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel anything. So, and basically he just says he wants, he wants to help them. And, um, you know, match made in heaven and clearly, uh, you know, like peanut butter and chocolate and it works out well. And she says she'll talk to her people. So that kind of sets that path for them. Yeah. Uh, And then the serial killer with the bolt gun, we see them bring in their trophy, their prize scalp and put on a mannequin head and start kind of washing and combing it. So Washing in it, combing it. Right. And, uh, that's another thing we'll talk about a little later. And then uh, the episode wraps up. Audrey is sleeping in her bed uh, up in Audrey's attic, and uh, she's dreaming she's the uh, she's uh, Lucy again. 
she gets a really long look at the Colorado kid. And then she also sees uh, a bard appears and the door opens. So she snaps open awake in bed. And all of a sudden she hears Agent Howard walks in and he's like, you need to stop. And she's like, stop what? And he's like, remembering. And then she really wakes up in her bedroom and is confused and uh, scared. All right. So that's the end of the episode. Uh, would you give it a rate? What rating would you give it? I really like this episode quite a bit for many reasons, such as the great opening and ending scenes, which, you know, like I said, we might have some contention there. I like that we got the Teagues back and their interactions with Tommy was uh, fantastic, I thought. I thought the acting was uh, particularly excellent in this one, too. You know, and Audrey kind of returning to more the traditional Audrey versus this whiny, weepy one that they'd had her. Seattle Audrey. Seattle Audrey. That's right. Uh, Emo Audrey. No, she's not (laughs) Emo Audrey. But I think Gabriella did a great job writing the episode. We got a lot of new information, which really makes, you know, the the plot going forward. It's going to be, you know, interesting stuff. There's some flaws with the episode, like they're all with all one. Most of mine were, uh, you know, kind of effects related, maybe a bit of the lore. So I think this was a very seasons. It's infallible. Yeah. Yeah. And you could. We'll talk more about it once again. But so I think uh, it was a very good episode and I rated it an eight on the French meter. Eight. Uh, yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. I'll give it a seven. I got a reason why. I think it was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, but it's just a little, you know, if we did like we did halves, it'd be somewhere between a seven and eight. But I'm going to crank it down to a seven. Um, I agree. I like the Tommy. And Teague's kind of like back and forth to Tommy, you know, they're like, oh, we, you know, we're good at finding secrets. And Tommy's like, yeah, like me too, buddy. Like I'm a, I'm a fucking detective. <laughs> yeah, not like these other guys. Like, I'm not your friend. I'm not going to fucking like look the other way because like you're the funny old guys. Like, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, my only I think we're flip flopped on this. I think last week or last episode you had a the trouble. Issue. You had an yeah. issue with the trouble this week. I have an issue with the trouble is that. It's just like whatever she's seeing. It's like um, it's like an amalgamation of the episode Butterfly where Tommy's dreaming of things in his room and they come to life in a dangerous way. It's very similar to that. And then it's like the greatest fear trouble that we did in season two. And it's like if you combine those two, it's one. And what I'm really the, the, the reason why I think that's kind of damning is like Obviously, it's the in the writing, but like they had the same director do Fear and Loathing, the episode with like the whole greatest fear stick happened. Right. It was the same director of this episode. So it's kind of like, okay, so we did everybody's greatest fears happening. And now we're doing one woman's fears are like, you know, happening, which is like, I don't know. I don't know. To me, it was just kind of like lazy. It was like, it was like you had two. It was like you had the dreaming things and butterfly happening to people. And then the greatest fears, they're like, yeah, what if we just kind of combine those two into one? I didn't really particularly like the trouble all that much either. It is, like you said, it is redundant. And it's really clear that the trouble was, was created as a mechanism f- for all of these things, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, as, but- I, as I said, you didn't like the one last week, but I thought it was very cursy. This one is kind yeah, of I mean, you excuse. know, you, you warmed me up. But yeah, this one is this one is just flat out a clear mechanism for you know the plot points that they want they want to cover so i don't th- i highly doubt this was created you know this is part of the seven years of lore i, <laughs> I, I really don't i don't think so 
and at, at well, so all. Do you think they? Do you? I don't think this is the case, but do you think they have have like a pool of troubles? Like, do you think there's like a like an <laughs> pun pun not intended, but like, do you think there's like basically like a bunch of troubles that they've come up with and then they draw from? Because I don't think that's the case. I think it's created episode like, hey, we need something like this this episode. So they like are like, oh, how about her greatest fears are trans? I don't know why I'm doing that voice, but like you know. <laughs> their greatest fears are transferred like, you know, and start affecting people she's thinking of. You know, I think, uh, I think like you, it's developed in the writer's room, but I think as time goes by, as they're proposing troubles, you know, and even if they don't use it, I would imagine they keep record of it. And, you know, they start, they, I think they do start probably building, you know, kind of a library of troubles, you know, and I bet you sometimes they're like, Oh, but we got to tweak it this way so that we can get this result to happen. So, yeah, I mean, there may be some like on layaway, you know, that they're like, oh, we'll use this someday. Do I think Ernst and Dunn go down to the cellar and in a locked room and, uh, you know, take <laughs> troubles? Un- There's like, yeah, scrolls. They like unfurl. Like, they unfurl the scrolls and they're like, OK, we have this week's trouble. They're like the maesters or whatever in Game of Thrones of the Stiant Library. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, so, yeah, I like that. Uh Duke, I didn't really love his placement until, you know, his explanation at the end was, you know, still a little thin, but it was enough for me to be like, okay, like, fair enough. Because this whole, like, I'm coming on the case now. I was like, uh, okay, like, what's this? And then at the end, he's like, oh, I did it to prove that I control myself. Instead of, like, you guys control me. I don't know. It was a little, eh, eh, eh. But I like I bought it. I, I bought it, actually. I, I, I was like, I mean, and he's also, I, I, you know, I would have hoped he would have added a little bit. You know, he's just showing them, hey, just because it's my family legacy doesn't mean I have to kill people. I can use my power to save people. I'm not controlled by the family legacy. I'm not controlled by you. And, you know, I would have loved if he would have been like, and you don't have to be controlled by the hunter meteor uh, storm. Yeah, but they left that part off, and I think that would have really, really, really sold the whole thing. Even though I bought it overall, hopefully I would, and I would like to. You'd say, "I hey, I'd like Nathan to also see that I'm not going to be out <laughs> killing everyone," because Nathan's pretty sure Duke's going to become sociopath city. So, I mean, the other funny part is like he does this whole thing to prove to Audrey, and then at the end, Claire shows up and he's like, "I don't care what Audrey thinks." And it's yeah. like, well, this kind of thing was to show Audrey something like you literally did this whole thing as a point to show her because you care about what she thinks right so that's kind of complete bullshit what you what you say to claire but i could see him being really guarded with claire so i thought that was like within character dude there's no way duke is trusting a shrink yeah he's like i didn't do this for her no as claire uh goes in to check the vitals again i'm like hey don't you have nurses for checking the vitals Uh, but Speaking of Claire, just one quick thing on Claire is, uh, dude, when she's talking to Audrey uh, and, you know, about about Frank, the first guy who was afraid to jump in the pool, uh-huh. she's like, oh, yeah, after I treat them, I get them over to Daphne. She's really good with the scaredy cats. And I'm like, what? Psychiatrists can be calling her patient scaredy cats? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know what I think well, about so, that. Like, I don't know. Is it is it appropriate to be telling them about, like, Frank's, like, stuff at all? Like. 
like really be saying anything like that. I don't know what what they're allowed to say and not say. Well, I mean, she didn't go into like her, you know, her therapy notes per se. She just said she works with them and then turns them over to Daphne, you know, turns the scaredy cats over to Daphne. So apparently there's a lot of people who are afraid of water and swimming in haven uh town on the coast which yeah i i guess that's the other that's part too is like how many people have you had to send to her yeah exactly i mean really you know haven must have a really hard time uh fielding a swim team i guess but uh they're all sailing but if the boat goes over none of them can swim they all go down with the ship. Uh, I liked Jordan, though. What you, would you think about the trouble? Ah, I had that as a question for you for uh, about, about Jordan's trouble. Too bad. So, I asked first. So, I, you know, the, the trouble, it's cool because, right, it goes with Nathan perfectly. Yeah. And uh, I personally think they they just they have good chemistry in my It, it seemed to me that they have yeah, really they're good. They're both just like brooding. Like, like oh, they're both kind of mysterious. Like, oh, like. <laughs> I thought... I, no, but especially by the uh, you know the, the last scene at the the Gun and Rose and uh, oh yeah they were good they were good yeah I thought I thought the chemistry was was pretty good between them because think about it you know she oh my god I haven't been able to touch anyone in years because the troubles I it's a recurring theme to me I mean the trouble <laughs> itself is fine and it fits really well with Nathan I like it and I think she's awesome I, I even like her I like her gloves and the fashion you know it's cool it's something different you know yeah but uh this i haven't been able to touch anyone for years just it's uh, the math doesn't work well you know as long as the show the show's been on two years now you know <laughs> maybe if that's how they count it yeah uh, that's fair oh there was something i don't remember if i brought up last episode that i wanted to was that the hunter thing was like 46 days right like mm-hmm. and they were like oh you know they were talking about lucy and i was like lucy was only there for like 30 you know like when did she, when did she ever find out about the hunter meteor storm like you know audrey's got more time to know about it than lucy even had in the town at all don't you think that's kind of like weird yeah because that's what they were like oh she was here 30 days and uh, helped a lot of people in 30 days and audrey's <laughs> been there but, uh, two seasons and has had you know at the beginning of season three at 46 more days right but i i make i, I make the assumption that uh it wasn't a year season one wasn't over the course of a whole year i don't know how did how did duke's hair grow that long in that time that's you know just throw that out there right well how how did duke decide to uh put some sleeves on a burlap sack and call it a jacket i mean you didn't uh, like the jacket oh my god that's hideous man we're going back to the 90s with the burlap sack hoodies with corona (laughs) on them shit i had no opinion of the jazz like it's very duke that's all i thought I didn't even think it was Duke. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was Dukey. Like shit. <laughs> I thought it but, was fitting to the character. But yeah, I, I like Jordan, and uh, I'm I'm interested to see. I mean, I mean, I don't think there's any way we could it not be a romantic, uh, you know, storyline for Nathan. So it, well, you know, Audrey dumped him. So you know, and and I like I like the way how uh, Nathan has been kind of you know cold and with uh with Audrey, you know, and the way he's been handling her, you know, because normally they have a propensity to have Nathan go over the top with everything. Yeah. And I don't think he's over the top with this one. I mean, yeah, he's, he's hurt. He's, he's a little angry and, uh, and it's, it's coming through, but not too much. So I, I like it. I thought he acted 
you know, very, I, I thought everyone acted really well in this, uh, pretty much all the characters. Like Tommy, I absolutely loved the, the, the Teagues and Tommy were, I, I just enjoyed the hell out of it. You know, even if I even enjoyed that Tommy was wearing like a maroon fedora that matched his, his shirt. I was <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. I like this. So I, I was a little, you know, skeptical of Tommy last episode, but uh, now I liked him. He was, well, uh, I think there was a lot to be skeptical of last episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he, he, I, I don't want to, he, he might have been my favorite character this episode. I love seeing him give the Teagues their comeuppance. Well, I love that Nathan was doing it too, or Nathan's like, yeah, uh, we're not doing that shit anymore. This one way street shit, like, I'm not giving you everything and then not getting anything or getting a one mysterious word. Like, and then, you know, he got what he wanted. He extracted the information. Then like, they're like, all right, so tell us. And he's like, yeah, it's a guy, you know, like with a tattoo or what? Is that what he said? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the serial killer has the tattoo, right? That so it. that they know. And they're like, well, what, what? And he's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, all that's right. it. Leave it. And then they're, and that, and that's initially where they decide they're going to go after Tommy because they're like, Nathan doesn't trust us anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> probably should have developed this uh two seasons ago but uh yeah this has been better for you guys if you guys started playing hardball with them a little sooner but they seem so old and nice you know they're helping audrey put on a dress you know well you know don't want to piss them off if they own half of the commercial real estate you know yeah, uh, they probably own the police station yeah they no, own the tar- commercial but do they own the target i'm just curious if I, they own. that's the probably why they've shored up is because they have to compete with target and also, if they own 50%, you think they would own somewhere that could have developed those photos or whatever he needed from Target in that episode. But I guess Right. Not. If they have that type of money, yeah, they could. Uh, I guess I got to go to Target. I'm like, you don't have your own photo development lab as a photographer? in uh, For a newspaper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless the Target's really close. If the Target's like a minute away, then like, whatever. Fuck it. But it's not because he, he, yeah. he, 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 it was out of town. Yeah, it wasn't in Haven, I don't believe. Or did we look that up? I don't know if that was said or we looked up if there was like a target in that area. Anyway, we're too caught up on the target. Yeah, I like Nathan how he's I, well, I like in a lot of shows when there's like a breakup between two people who have to work together. It like often devolves into like unprofessional unprofessionalism. Like you'll see characters be like, oh, and they'll start kind of doing things out of character and like inappropriate because they're mad at the other person where you're like, Hey, you guys are still working like with, but Nathan, I think is kept a professional cover while still, you know, getting across like, Hey, I'm not happy about this situation. I'm not happy with you, but like, we still have like work to do. Right. I mean, oftentimes you'll see it's like uh, in in TV shows, the uh, human resources doesn't exist, you know, and people do shit that, uh, you know, you're like, Dude, you can't do that on the job. You know, you do that on the job, you know, you're written up or fired, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I like that it's kind of got this like, you know, like you said, that they tend to go overboard with Nathan. But here it's it's more even where he's not sabotaging the job. I mean, he's literally like, why is Duke here? This guy's not a cop like and he wasn't invited. There's certain times where they're like, OK, Duke, we need your help. But this time was like he showed up on his own and the cops just let him in. The cops are just like, well, here's Duke. Like, he's one of the guy, one of the guys. Like, hey, we we let anyone into Haven, uh, uh Haven PD. So like, no uh, wonder so many people get murdered in this town is because these cops are fucking terrible. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, and speaking of all these murders, but yeah, and 
I mean, innocent, you know, civilians get in there, uh, abusive, uh, you know, husbands uh, get in there to, you know, to attack their estranged wife. I mean, this, uh, we've talked about it. The security at uh, Haven PD is, is just abysmal. I mean, I think someone, someone should, should probably be fired for that. I mean, we really got to look at the chief. Both chiefs have uh, not really had a good time. Maybe yeah. the best chief was that interim guy who died immediately. Yeah, you know, I think he lasted an episode or two. He's yeah. trying to clean up the town. Yeah, that dangerous uh, criminal underbelly of the Haven. But uh, but then, but okay, so with all the murders, we are, we're getting a lot of Luke Casey. I mean, it's been a lot. I know when the episode started, I was like, oh god, like. Come I, on. It, it, I get it. You know, there's a lot of murders, a lot of death in Haven. But, uh, <laughs> dude, if you're going to have Lucchese around this much, you got to develop him a little bit. I mean, they give him like a dry line, you know, like a like one dry line per week. And then but everything else is just, you know. Yeah, it's just like, wow, well, I would rather I would rather they develop a proper uh, coroner like we had. I'd rather they develop a proper coroner and keep them around. And them just be like, you know, like a member of the crew. Instead, we get support guests supporting characters who show up for specific like amounts of episodes. Like they're only around for three or four and then disappear. It's like, can we get one more? And like, we haven't really seen Edge anymore. He's gone. So like we need, I mean, obviously he's going to come back. I'm not saying he's gone forever, but like he hasn't been around. So it's really been the main three. And right. Casey. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Luke Casey. Now, I did like the line, you know, at the pool and he's like uh, and he's like, yeah, I've, yeah, I used to swim here every Wednesday <laughs> or whatever. That, yeah. was, that, that was that that was a decent line. But, I, you know, let's let's flesh them out if we're going to have them around this much. I mean, uh, so send them back to the Freddy and get like a real corner. Like, let's get someone, you know, let's get somebody permanent like Jordan and Claire and Tommy are nice, but like. You know, we all know they're not going to stick around forever. Like they're not like a permanent stable, right? And uh, let's. And if we uh, weren't sure before. Uh, somebody yeah. on the commentary for sure let us know that. Yeah, Matt McGinnis. Uh, you know, for the second commentary in a row, gave us uh, gave us uh, spoilers about a certain character's demise, and all I was right. not but it's, okay. So yeah, yeah, not happy with it. Just say so. not happy. But here's the thing, like, not in defense of him. This almost sounds like I'm going to defend him, not defending him. I'm going to go even harder than what you just said. Step further than unhappy. Like, in season one, when we heard spoilers from Ernst and Dunn, they were talking about the episode before uh, Eleanor dies. They spoiled it in the commentary. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, and like next episode, you know, we kind of have to do this and this because like Eleanor is going to be dead next episode. You know, and I was like, what? Uh, I was like, what the fuck? But, you know it was in part of like a discussion. It was like, they were mentioning why they had to kill her off, you know, or like this character was coming on board. So they had to remove a character to kind of like create the thread. Da, 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 da. Like there was like kind of a justification or like, and, and it was a, in a conversation about like something. So like, it was something that they thought like they could casually throw out in the middle of something big. I get it. This was just Matt McGinnis, like pointing Caesar. out the first time he sees her. Yeah. He's just like, this character dies a grisly death and you're, and that's it. And that's all he says. And you're like, what the fuck? Like who does that? Who just like throws out the spoiler without saying anything. If he was like, 
oh, you know, this is why we had to do that. This episode is because, you know, we know we, we don't have much time with the character. So we need to like invest now. Da, 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 da. I'd be like, that's fine. Like that. I, you know, annoying, but you it gets tricky to avoid spoilers when you're trying to like analyze and break stuff down. Obviously, we know there's like things we like, hey, should we talk about this? Like, you know, like what if somebody listens to this on their first time through? So it's kind of hard for us to like, you know, it's a it's a tightrope that you walk that like sometimes you fall off. This was him diving off face first. Like, uh, I don't even know like what analogy to use. He just like was like, spoiler for no reason. There you go. And then like and then proceeded to suck the rest of the commentary. I'll say yeah. it. like well, the commentary well, was no, no, let's talk about it now. We want to talk about the commentary. OK, well, while yeah. we're in it, while we're in it, while we're in it. Yeah. Since, it, you know, it came up. So the commentary, uh, so first, this is the fourth episode and our second commentary. And I, I kind of had subtitled my commentary uh, observations. Don't waste your time by watching it. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, I'm going to give it, the, the two we, the two we've heard on disc one for episode two and episode four are bad. And so episode two, I was like, well, you know, I think I said, I was like, you know, maybe they just need to find their rhythm or something or the next one will be better. No. It's the same group, and this one was probably even worse than the last one. I don't know. The, yes, worst, the last one was pretty bad. I don't know. The last one had like the vibrating phone, and they like just stopped kind of like before. But the they did that one. at points at this. I mean, I know, it, but they didn't just walk out of the room. Like the last one, there was still oh, like, yeah. a whole scene ago, and they were just like, they were done, and it was over, and you're like, that's it. Well, I mean, it was just, uh, I, I've got my, you know, um, prepared for Festivus. I have my list of grievances with this uh, commentary. Yeah. I mean, where I do mean, you even start? Yeah, uh, you know, G- Gabrielle often is moving away from her microphone so that you, you it get, the volume goes down <laughs> low. You turn it, uh, you t- turn it up. You, you miss part of it, even even though you know it's probably not useful. That's I'm being a little mean. Gabrielle was by far the better of the two, though. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'll say she's the better of the two for sure. But she's moving away from your microphone, you know, from her microphone. You got to turn it up and back down. And it's just a pain in the ass. They get lost watching the episode again. And, you know, and at least they notice it. They're like, oh, you know, it's just such a good show to watch. You know, it's so compelling. But, you know, then at one point you can hear their assistant's uh, (laughs) voice, you know, in the background. And uh, and I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that when I get done with the list. And then Matt, he went minutes without speaking, at, you know, towards the end again. And uh, they don't give you a lot of information, though. Uh, you they know. don't give you shit. They don't tell you shit. All right, I'll say it. Like this commentary was worthless. Uh, yeah. Normally, I, you know, like I I try to at least like put it on. Like, well, you know, like last time I was like, well, you know, it's commentary. You know, it is you know your first time doing it and stuff like that. This sucked. This was like. This was annoying. This made me this honestly, I think, affected my score. I think this I, made I th- me dislike the episode more because his commentary annoyed the shit out of me. I, I think I, I think I would have been uh, been probably might have been a nine for me. <laughs> but between the commentary and like kind of the effects, which we'll talk about a little yeah. later. But. Yeah, the effects are bad. Um, but yeah, the commentary is just like, dude, like Matt, like you said, he goes minutes without speaking. He goes minutes without speaking, and then, like, he just doesn't offer anything, like, and there's no there's no fun stories. They're like, oh, I think this one's a set we built. Yeah. And it's like, well, what the fuck? Tell us, like, something that happened on the set, like, or tell us, like, anything. But they don't, like, have, and there's no stories of, like, okay, you know, what's something that didn't get into the script? What's, there's probably only one 
one remotely interesting tidbit that I can think of off the top of my head, which is the the name for the guard, right? Right. That 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 was uh, that was interesting. They had mentioned that uh, the execs, uh, I think it was the execs who didn't want. Yeah, yeah. The execs did not want a name at all, right? Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. So it was the execs wanted no name for the group. It was just to be like a mysterious unknown group with no title. But the writers fought for there to be a title for the group. So uh, they had a couple options and they went with the guard. Hmm. What were some of the options? So, uh, you know, so the first one they said, you know, the alternative they have was the marked, which I thought that that one actually is pretty good. Pretty that, good. that 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 could work the mark. So you got to keep and, your mouth to the mic if you're just complaining about Gabrielle Stanton moving away from her mic. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. My phone lit up and a text came in, so I kind of caught it. Told took me away, so I apologize to our to our listeners. You know? <laughs> so let's go back to you know these alternative names, alternative names for the for the guard. So the first one they mentioned was the marked, which is a pretty good name. I like that the marked. That sounds pretty good. But then uh, freaking Matt goes, well, Gabriella, I thought your favorite was the locals, and I was like, the locals. That is the most asinine name I c- could think of. Why would you do that? <laughs> I think there was another one too, right? What was that? Was there one last one you mentioned? Like they took throughout? I I, I, th- I only caught two. The yeah. townies. Oh, the townies. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. I just yeah. No. Uh, now Nathan does say townie uh, in an episode. Yeah. It's, it's a townie thing when uh, yeah Tommy asked him about the tattoo, which is pretty cool. I thought that was funny. I, I can buy I can buy that, but you know. And then speaking of Matt, uh, he had another strange remark in this one, where uh, like I said, <laughs> you, you could you could hear their assistant, and then uh, Matt's like, uh, "That was our whipping boy Nick, who will be punished shortly for speaking out loud." And I was like, "What?" what, what? I mean, he's like kidding, obviously, but yeah, like- yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's a sense of humor, but I'm like, dude, yeah. I mean, this was uh, June of 2013 that they were recording this. Uh, yeah, don't be calling anyone today. a whipping boy. But yeah, it's uh, there was another thing he did, too. I can't remember exactly. I know riveting content that I've already forgotten as we're like complaining about their commentary. But he like kind of like nitpicked one of Gabrielle's like points or something she was saying. Yeah. I was kind of like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, like, though, he was yeah. right. He was uh, gives a shit. But it was I thought it was like small. What is it? Do you did you write it down? Do you have? Yeah, so uh, as soon as the scene comes up where the first time we see Daphne in the car and the shark fins moving in the yeah. water, and he's like, he's like, that's stupid. He's like, I did not want <laughs> that, that in there. That's not what I was talking about. Uh, oh, and then, <laughs> and then Gabri- Gabrielle's like, well, I thought it made the scene. And he's like, no, it was stupid. <laughs> that was horrible. Like, that was really bad. That That's not what I'm talking about. There was another. But, but that was stupid. But yeah. There was another part where she said something and he like corrected her. And it was so like, that's annoying to do. Like, obviously, I. I right. I think I used to do it a lot. I like try to cut down. Like, and just let things go where it's like, yeah, don't like, don't bug people about like the shit. Unless I'm, sometimes I do it just to annoy you or like to, to bug you. But yeah, most I of the mean, time it's not like, most of the time it's like people slip up and say things are like, it's a minor mistake that nobody's going to care about. Like, just shut up. Uh, and then the dumb shark thing is like. Yeah, like, I, I didn't like the shark thing. It, it looked really fucking hulky. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, 
I, I wouldn't have said it to, I would have, I would have told her that during the writing process. And if, you know, it didn't make it, I probably wouldn't have bitched about it in the, uh, I probably commentary. would have made a joke. Like you can make a joke about it, but like, he kind of, it was like, just like a demeaning moment of like, yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. I think he even said something like, uh, it, look, it looks like a cardboard fin. Yeah. He said something <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, that's just, Oh, cause she was like, cause they heard it was the most expensive episode because of special effects. And he was like, and she's like, oh yeah, maybe the shark. And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a cardboard fin out there. Yeah, I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he went after her hard. I mean, I get the shark. One. I get the shark. It's like you need to add a little extra layer of like one something exciting needs to happen at the beginning, right? In the stinger, so like, or sorry, the stingers at the end, and like the cold open, something exciting, you know, and like what you know needs to happen. So I get that her being afraid of a shark, like being there, but like. You know, like, it, is it kind of stupid? Yeah, but I don't think it's like, well, I mean, it, I don't it, think it makes or breaks the scene. It's just kind of like, okay. I don't think I don't think it, I don't think it makes or breaks the scene. I think it just looks shitty. And, uh, you know, but <laughs> I don't think it, it looks, looks as bad as like the fucking tidal wave in the street. Uh, the, the water looked okay, but, you know, the what, what do you mean? Wait, the that first shot when the water comes rushing in looks bad. But then mm. once it hits the car, then it looks good, I thought. Is that what you mean? Like when it's closer up or like the, I had it opposite. I had it kind of opposite. Cause, oh. uh, yes. And that's kind of my beef with the, this episode. I mean, it's the most expensive episode, but the CGI, I, I thought sucked primarily like, uh, so first the, the crabs. Okay. And, you know, the, the little crabs on, on Bob, they look okay at first. And then well, like, yeah, when they swarm, it looks so horrible. Why well, does I think his acting, wasn't like horrible but it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't good enough it was like eh, but needs to be better you need to be better buddy yeah uh, you know but boy that that looked bad and i remembered i got your second point where uh they uh he kind of nitpicks nitpicked her and that was the the the, ad you know still at that scene in the uh where duke is in the you know by the car with uh daphne Daphne starts worrying about rock slides, so CGI rocks start falling oh, yeah, down. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, "Why didn't you use styrofoam rocks? That looks bad." I think he basically said, "It looks bad. Why didn't you use styrofoam rocks?" She's like, "Well, there's just something that they. I mean, one, why would she know? Like, she'd be like, ah, I'm the writer. I don't fucking make decisions like that. Like, that's probably the art department or set deck like made that decision and the director." Yeah, and, and I feel bad because he's right, and the, the rocks look bad. Yeah, they I think do it, look bad. But also, like, mm-hmm. what's, you know, like, well, one, also, though, it's one of those things that they're probably, you know, what the fuck? They're going to bring a bunch of styrofoam rocks down there to, like, I don't know. I could see it being a huge issue and just being, like, the director is probably, like, fuck it. So it'll just CGI. It. We'll just, you know, visual effects will put them in. Yeah, it's just their, uh, their, their CGI. I just, I thought it was was off this episode. I didn't think it was very good. Um, I think it's because of the implementation. I think the best like visual effects are typically um, stuff where it's not the exact focus of your eye, or I should say like, like when I think of the worst special effects in this show, it's when like we're drawn 100% our attention to like the thing, like the cows dying in season one. Yeah. The, the ropes around Audrey in season one, the second episode is like, Ugh. oh God. Yeah. Whereas, like, an episode in the season Butterfly, finale. Butterfly, your favorite. Yeah. I'll always come back to it. Uh, the season finale of one with Max running 
you know, the ground's opening up and it doesn't look great, but your focus is on max, not right. really the special. You're, I mean, you're looking at the, the, the fucking schism or whatever in the earth, but you're, your kind of attention is you're emotionally focused on that character. Like, and he's, you know, you're like, oh shit. And then you see him. And then right as he's falling, that's when I'm like, Ooh, that doesn't Ooh. Look good. <laughs> but before that you're like, oh, okay. 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 Cause you're kind of looking at max and then <laughs> he falls and you're like, Oh, so <laughs> I think the best special effects or best visual effects are when they're kind of done a bit more slyly. Like, cause there's a ton of special effects that we don't notice right off the bat. And well, that's like the best kind in my opinion. Okay. So c- kind of like, uh, you know, t- to give them their props for this most expensive uh, budgeted uh, special effects episode, I think the car looks really good, you know, in the water. And they had to actually have a crane out there and, you know, and it had to be attached to the car to hold it in place. And they CGI'd out all of that. And that looked good. I didn't notice any of that. So I thought the car looked good. I did like the wave because it was real. It was real water. And uh, no, no, no. On the fucking on like the 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 establishing that like shows the wave like or the water like first rushing in is CG as fuck. Right. They said no. They said they had that the big, large uh, digger machine filled with water, and they dumped it on them. Yeah, like once it was like closer to the car, so it starts off like they look over and you see this like wave coming, and that looks that's special. That's visual effects. And then as we get closer to the car, we see a shit ton of water slamming into the car on a closer shot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That that part looks good. Yeah, not okay, okay. The wave coming into the street looks bad. But the water actually hitting the car, I thought looked good. Yeah, yeah. The wave, the, <laughs> yeah, the wave is shit. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah. I looked, I was like, oh, when I saw. I forgot it they in. see the wave first, then the car second. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like with with some of the stuff that they did manually looked pretty good. I mean, but yeah, yeah. Of course, like practical is always going to look better. Um, but it's you know how are you going to make a practical fucking wave coming through the street like that is uh pretty impossible. Yeah, and another thing I found was interesting. So you know, I'll I'll stop I'll stop bitching about the uh, the the CG the CGI. But uh, we're not done with the commentary. Say what you're going to say, but we'll we'll be back on the commentary. So so a couple of cool things with the commentary. uh, Well, not and it's not it's not about the commentary. It's just what they the information was. uh, You know, the lady killed at the ATM and the opening scene. Uh, That's Emily Rose's stand-in. I thought that was interesting. So didn't someone uh, have like a comment like that doesn't look like her very much or something like that? I thought maybe Matt said that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it, she she doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it had to be from very far far away or you know from behind. I mean, what really matters is like the height on stand-ins and like general skin tone. Yeah, so she looked. Uh, I, I thought she was good for that. Uh, another thing that was odd was uh, Gabrielle really went went on about how she liked the actor who played Frank. You know, our screamer at at, at the pool, and then Matt's like, "Yeah, he's great," and she's even joking like, "Hey, yeah, I thought about running a spinoff show for him." And then she's like, uh, and then all of a sudden when he gets to he starts screaming, they both just break out into laughter, and I'm like. Is the actor good because it's funny or he's saying he's a good actor? I mean, they for sure that was funny because she kept clips of him on her computer. Yeah, I would like watch him to like laugh at him and stuff. So, yeah, it was kind of like it was almost like they're making making fun of a disabled person in a way. I don't Is know. Disabled? No, I just I don't know. 
that's how good the actor was. He gave it, he really played it well. So <laughs> I was like, I'm watching the village. Uh, I was watching the village uh, yesterday. So there's some prime, uh, not disabled person playing a disabled person. Oh, is it Drake? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, it took you a while to get to the Degrassi. Well, at first I was like, which Drake is he even talking about? Then I was like, oh, okay, music Drake. Uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, the, the the comic book villain, the Drake. I don't know. Well, no, maybe you're talking. <laughs> I was like, maybe there's like a joke with, because uh, the guy from Drake and Josh, the Nickelodeon show is in, oh, in the news lately. Yes, so. not, not, not in a good way. <laughs> I was like, uh, is this like a, is there something that came out about him that I don't know about? Anyway um i thought i was like did he take advantage of someone like disabled like oh uh no uh yeah so and then uh i just thought that was odd and uh, interesting enough uh they talk about the poor beagle sharks because at first i was like do they even get those type of sharks there and she researched <laughs> it and they do get those type uh, those you types of sharks the doubters, there. man yeah you know i i'm not it's more in the execution than <laughs> anything <laughs> You know, so and then they mentioned Matt mentions that, you know, Kate Kelton, who plays Jordan, has the complicated skin regime, which helped her identify with the character. And I swear I couldn't say, was it routine? But I re-listened to it. and It was like, it's, I swear he says regime. It's, I I, it he, is regime, isn't it? And I, I think that? he I think he probably meant regiment, you know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, so she's, she's, she's got an agenda. Anybody yeah, with she, uh, she she she's. Uh, she falls under the skin lords yeah. <laughs> their regime <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that anyone was... with dry skin is going down oh if you if you have dry skin you know what uh jordan's character goes through because yeah, yeah that's the same as touching searing causing searing pain when you touch someone yeah I, so i can get like what... yeah, it wasn't bad i and he's trying to just, give us something actually it was just that once. he said it with like such low charisma that like it just didn't Cause like, I was like, Oh, he's going to go somewhere with this. Like he's hilariously like a writer and like a fine writer. I think I've liked a bunch. I've liked stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. Been. You know, he's a good writer, but like in terms of like on this commentary he's a very bad storyteller, right? Like his anecdotes are like the, and then it's kind of over and you're like, well, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like he doesn't yeah. draw you in, which I guess, you know, he's a writer, not a fucking like speech giver or like, yeah, but uh, yeah, Ernst and Dunn are writers and they do a much better job. You know, we've already yeah, kind of talked about they're that. kind of like showrunner producery types, too, though. Right. They got to kind of be good at talking and stuff. They ran a restaurant, you know, like so there's a lot of like, yeah, talk, yeah. you know, a lot of uh, shooting the shit. And like, you know, you got to entertain people a bit, you know, with like your partners and stuff like that. So I, I, I maybe it's just a skill set he doesn't have, in which case it's probably not the best idea to put him on these commentaries, if especially like. If you yeah, know, he doesn't have that like kind of tool set to handle these situations. Can we get a director on it or something, or right. you know, one of the you know? Because yeah, the it's actors. just nothing. Nothing against him. He, he does good work with the show. You know, generally very good work. It's just. Well, yeah. wait a minute. What do you mean? What about Love Machines? You love Love Machine, right? Oh God. <laughs> but but yeah yeah I I think not to really like talk about his like writing work, but he's just not good at commentaries. Like because yeah. that was like a thing. I was like, oh okay, like. At first, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I can buy this. He's like, you know, she's got, aside from the regime thing when he met <laughs> Regiment, but aside from that, like, it felt like a thing that needed more explanation and then kind of just was like, yeah, you know, she has an intense uh, skin regime. regime. And that was whatever. it. And you were like, yeah. well, 
what is the skin regimen or like what's <laughs> the deal like we'd like to know i know you know if you could be like I, I she mean, washes exfoliates lotions <laughs> uh, exfoliates again and then lotions okay you know then like yeah if he's like you know hey you know like you know so she said it's like caused her discomfort in life so like you know or whatever like so like she kind of you know is helping her tap but he kind of just says it's so like uninspired and yeah it's just like there's no charisma to that story like you're like okay yeah. like i feel like the others can kind of get across less you know in stories that aren't quite as interesting like i know we laughed at it but like sean pillar talking about a subway <laughs> yeah in town was more like entertaining than like a lot of stuff matt mcginnis like a lot of the way of his delivery right you know and and uh you know talking about audrey's dog and you know where yeah yeah stuff that's like, completely mean, irrelevant that you're like what the fuck but like it's not it's at least in, it's engaging it's like uh yeah. i don't know it's like it's it's not like it's not like you're not like oh my god you know you're not yeah. like bored you're like what yeah this was boring this was see yeah, i mean i i I wanted to grab some paint and actually paint a wall. So I had something to keep my mind off of it, but and I, not, that might be harsh, but you know, all the information I've given you that, that they gave us, you know, that's not worth watching it for. It really isn't yeah. outside of, you know, they, outside of that, you know, it, they said that this, the same time they're doing the commentary, they're working on season four. Maybe, maybe that's why they're so quiet at times. They're writing, <laughs> they're, they're writing away. I hope they're not typing like uh, like the Teaks because then they're not going to be very productive <laughs> at all. I mean, it wasn't a Seinfeld bad, you know, Kramer and Seinfeld bad, yeah. but it was pretty bad typing. I only had one last thing on the, the commentary was Matt says the Gun and Rose Diner is from a Stephen King book, but I couldn't find uh, find it. And it's not always easy to find locations within a book. They so said Dark I Tower, didn't they? Did they? They kind of like because they were like, I got my con I actually got the controller ready to pause because they were like, uh, because he says like both like one of them's kind of like someone squeaks it out. Maybe it was like, I don't know if it was the assistant because I, I didn't really hear the assistant. Uh, I don't really like or you said there was two instances, but somebody said Dark Tower and then. I one of them repeated. I can't remember if it was Gabrielle. It, it had to, it had a yeah, because I, 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 I missed dark tower somebody yeah. went dark tower and she's like yeah dark the dark tower and i kind of got my controller ready because i was like this motherfucker spoil you know i yeah. was like i don't trust this guy so i kind of got ready to like pause in case they were going to go any further but yeah. then nobody said anything for a while and it was just silence and then they started talking again i was kind of like okay i will have to double check that i mean what i what I came up with was uh, the closest I could find was the Sweet Briar Rose Cafe and Under the Dome. So, but if it's in the Dark Tower, I'll I'll check. But it's just yeah, because I've it's not easy to search for that stuff. Like you get on like the King Wiki and you type, you know, and it's just really hard to you know search for that stuff. Yeah. And I'm not and I'm not going to spend the time to like start going through each book of the, the Dark Tower again you know, <laughs> to, to find it. No, it's not that important to me. So okay, that's all I got on the commentary. And it's probably a good thing that the next the next disc, the next four episodes don't have commentary. Because I, I mean, if it, I, I would prefer to have them if we we're going to have some people do them who are more skilled at it. Well, like I said, I well, I said this off there, but I made a declaration that I'm not going to watch another Gabriel Stanton, Matt McGinnis commentary. Decision is final. I won't listen to another one. I will. Uh, I'm going to reserve judgment. Well, not judgment. It, it, they're shit. But I'm, I'm going to, you know, hold back on that decision till uh, 
I see when the next commentary is, so it won't be till the back half of the season. So, uh, we'll, uh, yeah, you know know what? I'm not going to listen to any commentaries on disc two. I've decided. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, uh, FYI, uh, listeners, uh, there are no commentaries on, on that disc. So that's, but then again, after these, now you know why. So, all right, we're going to, I guess we jump back into the, you know, the main show itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of all three are, you know, three questions kind of related. So, what do you think about Duke's missed calls on Daphne's phone? Why would she have his name? Exactly. Yeah. When she was like, oh, she must have been thinking of you. I was like, how does she even know you? Maybe he used to date her. Yeah. Her number. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the number shows up, right? But, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't include the name of someone you don't know. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's what, and maybe uh, Duke Crocker, or at least definitely not back then. Every once in a while, I'll get a text and I'll be like, maybe this person. And I'm like, oh, like, so, like, iPhone will like suggest that it like could be a person based because I might have like their emails, you know, address already used or something like that. But definitely not back then. No. Not in, uh, I think it's probably still supposed to be uh, 2010 or uh, something you know, like that. Yeah. It's, you know, at, at, at the longest, it's in 2011, I, I'm guessing, based on, you know, but nonetheless, I just, I was like, man, that's messed up. Yeah. They, they could have mentioned like Daphne. Oh, yeah. I used to like, we went out a couple times or something like that, you know. Oh, Nathan, didn't we go to high school with her? Something yeah. like that. Nathan's like, yeah. fuck you. I don't care. Something like, you know. And then turns, <laughs> looks away broodingly. Audrey, why is he still around? Yeah, yeah. I had the same thought. Where I was like, right. "How does she even know Duke?" Yeah, that I'm like, you know, that 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 didn't work. That didn't work for me. Or uh, yeah. So uh, he's, I don't know, just make any excuse for him to know her. But nonetheless, they didn't do that. And, and do you, did you think anyone at uh, for one second thought Duke was going to stab her with a knife and kill her? <laughs> I mean, Nathan I mean, obviously believed it, but like the way he like was holding it up was so like obvious, was, like ah, I'm like, making it look like a stab, but I'm gonna cut it loose. I mean, yeah, it looks it was really cheesy. It's it's one of those tricks that's been done many many times in movies and TV shows, you know. Which like so. I don't mind that's been done a lot, but it's like just do it, you know. You have yeah. enough. You have enough. You have enough stuff to go off of. But you mm-hmm. know, uh, the situation is probably like tense not tense but like in shooting i'd imagine this car is attached to the crane and whatever it's kind of like an awkward situation to be in so they're like hey dude just like let's get this done as quick as possible like yeah and Duke's like, yeah how about you know or, uh, eric Balfour's like yeah how about like this so i guess looks good let's go yeah but uh you know and then kind of sticking with that the, you know that that same theme uh you know kind of my last question uh is uh what did you think about Duke's quickening, you know, the, or dukening, whichever you want you want to go with? I, I like quickening. I mean, what about it? What, what question do you have? How long was it? Have you ever seen his quickening last that long before? Uh, maybe, maybe it's maybe it lasts longer because he's killed someone finally with it. Boy, I mean, that, yeah. Every other time, it seems like it, it flashes and it's gone in like you know, like two, like five eh, seconds. You know, it's one of those things. It, it you know. Sure, yeah. is there a set rule? It only lasts X amount of seconds. Yeah, but well, really how long at that time was that? Was that like a minute and a half, two minutes? I think the funnier thing is if like Audrey and I think they mentioned this in the commentary, Audrey and Nathan being able to see his eyes from like that distance of like, oh no, like 
no oh, he's touched her blood it's like how I, I wouldn't be able to see his fucking eyes from there uh I, I, yeah at this stage of life yeah i'm probably not <laughs> seeing those eyes you know but uh, but yeah i i don't know i don't know it's one of those things you know it's all you're you're willing to you know yeah, you know give them leeway it. on it okay you suspect you know i don't know it just, i'll take the too long of eyes over the the that's like you know that's one of those things that's mystical you know who knows the action you know you can be flexible on the rules and be like oh you know this time it just lasts a little longer because he's freshly killed someone you know and absorbed their fucking curse so it's a little you know it's a little backed up in there you know so you had to release a bit more okay so i'm sure there's more details about it down in the vault you know in the scrolls you know for the the seven years lore yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. i uh i think that's more excusable than like how the hell does Duke know this woman? Or why was she thinking of him? Is like, hmm, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, I mean, it's, you know, very unlikely she would have Duke's number in her phone. Yeah. Yeah, so I get past that. The shark, the shark I can get past too. The shark's fine. Doesn't make yeah. or break the scene. The shark's the shark. It, it doesn't make or break the scene. I I, I just think the shark sucks. Yeah. So. <laughs> but also she knew the guy who hit her, you know, like, I guess that was another thing is like, did she recognize his car? Like Reed Harris? Yeah, she, and it, it was at night, right? Yeah, so how the so hell? She would see headlights. Thing. She wouldn't know it was him. There's yeah, no way she I would know. know it's Reed Harris. Unless yeah. he was like, hey, it's Reed Harris. You okay? <laughs> like, she's like, no, I'm going to drown. He's like, okay. Okay, you know. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. Catch see you on the flippity flip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, uh, she's a swim instructor. She'll be able to get out of this just fine. <laughs> like she's she's fine she helps the scaredy cats yeah so yeah Yeah, so i don't know how she knew it was him either so there's like you know okay she thinks of the neighbor cool the guy she's supposed to be at the appointment for makes sense the guy who hit her that nobody knows about like oh i don't know about that one and the guy she doesn't he never even met is duke like because also when he runs up it's not like she's like oh duke it's you like yeah she doesn't like oh thank god or duke what are you doing here and he's like i'm here to, you know like hey like you know remember that drink we had or something like that it's nothing like that or like it's, it's just like oh what's going on like yeah so if there had yeah. been like a moment where she recognized him then i'd be like okay i guess this makes sense like or at least i once again there's multiple ways to save that situation the guy hitting her i don't know unless she's like i recognized that unless he had a distinct car right if he had like a fucking big h2 or something it was like the only guy in town with like a Hummer, then it would make sense, right? Yeah, and that's what she would have to be like, uh, you know, was, I know it was you, Reed Harris. Yeah, I saw your fucking Hummer or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so it would have to been it had to been been something like that. So that was uh, he has a pretty normal car. Yeah, it's just a sedan. I mean, he's not like a you know millionaire. And like the order of operations of like her fear. Like if I got trapped in a car, would the first thing I'd be scared about is the shark? I'd probably be most scared about like freezing to death in the night, like water. Yeah. And then I'd be scared of drowning. Probably yeah. I probably wouldn't be scared of the shark at all, like to be yeah. honest. Would would I be scared of the cracked windshield? I don't think so. <laughs> if you you look at my windshield now, you can tell I'm not afraid <laughs> of the cracked windshield. The crabs, I don't know if I'd be scared of the crabs. They're just like an annoying. Not those kind of crabs, but yeah, yeah, you know, little comb type. That's no good. 
you got you've gotten in more than your quota for the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh, not like scared of the crab. Like, oh my god, the crabs are gonna eat me or something like that. Especially know. when they don't look remotely real. <laughs> or the cut on my leg. I don't know. Maybe she's a hypochondriac or something. Yeah, well, hey, read read bled out of that cut. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, <laughs> there was a cut on my leg, and I was trapped in my car as the water was rising. For sure, the cut on my leg would not be something I'd be like afraid of. Yeah, and I'd be Good. like, well, I'm in this car, so I think the shark would probably have a bit of a hard time getting me. Like. Mm. Well, good thing uh, Audrey had the map. I mean, she's carrying around her uh, map of Haven. She probably pulled that from the same, like, uh, archives of the seven seasons. Yeah. But, you know, now, while I was like, okay, really? But then the the way uh, Gabrielle wrote it and, you know... I like Duke this episode. I thought Duke, Duke was excellent. But then again, I, I already said that. But he, uh, the way they described Duke, Duke, you know, going through all the things, it, it, it was feasible to me that realistic that he would know the spot right away. Yeah, so, yeah. I thought that was fine. I, that worked for I me. I thought that was that was pretty good. And uh, so, I, and I really. Uh, I thought the main three were good. I thought the main mm-hmm. three pull, all pulled their weight. Um, I didn't think Nathan's like, what's he doing here was out of place because what is he doing? What is he doing there? He's not a cop. I think he's just fucking inviting himself along to an investigation. So I so I thought, you know, they were pretty appropriate. The only dumb thing on Nathan's part isn't really the fault of this episode. But they're like, so you got a tattoo that, you know, means something, but you don't know what it meant. And he's like, I, you know, like he just doesn't have you here. You're like, what's kind of fucking, what are you doing? Like, why'd you get that tattoo? And he's like, well, you know, you remember when the Rev and divided the town. Uh, I want to say what side is on. She's like, okay. You know, I love how she didn't buy it as much as we didn't buy it. She was like, mm-hmm. okay, wow. I don't know. What are you doing? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what is he going to, what was he going to say? You know, uh, you know, uh, I was a star cross lover and, uh, <laughs> you know, I made a very bad decision kind of like, uh, Brad <laughs> Pitt and Angela, Billy Bob and Angelina Jolie. And, uh, <laughs> it's an emotional time. All right. I don't feel a lot uh, emotionally <laughs> or f- definitely not physically. So yeah, you're right. That was, uh, so that was the only moment, but that's, you know, not, Unless she came up with that, unless she, but that's not really Gabrielle Stanton's like fault, right? Is she, you know, she has to kind of write that scene. But like I said, I loved that Jordan's reaction is like, okay, no, yeah, weird. That's weird, dude. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So speaking of <laughs> speaking, speaking of Jordan, I mean, you know, I really like that last scene about them, and mm-hmm. you know, so one of the because I like I I think you can clearly see the chemistry, and obviously their troubles, you know, really work well. I mean, are but, literally uh, made for each other. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Ja- and, you know, and then they're like uh, Japanese scotch. And when I first saw it, I was like, "What Japanese scotch?" <laughs> uh, and then I went online afterwards, and I was like, "Well, shit, yeah, there's there's popular Japanese scotch. It's a thing. Japanese scotch is a thing." So I'm like, "Okay," but then I, I was you like, "Ordered so a bottle, right?" I did not because it's pretty pretty expensive shit. And, That's why uh, she keeps it on like reserve. I'm a bourbon guy and myself, but uh, especially black bourbon, mm, delicious. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I, so I'm like, okay, so th- that's cool. But then I start, start thinking about the overall theme, and it's like clearly like a Asian fusion uh, diner. I'm like, first of all, that's not Wait, a what diner. You off the the sign in the back that says Asian on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Gun and Rose Diner is an Asian diner. 
Yeah, I just didn't. That just yeah, that doesn't make it's doesn't fit. So I, that threw me yeah. off. And it, I guess like, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was like a fifties diner like thing at first. Yeah, when you say and diner, then, I expect something like that. Something you know more truck stoppy. You know, night like like the Nighthawks. Uh, you know, famous painting. You know. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, uh, I did not expect this, you know, this uh, snazzy Asian bistro with this uh, goth waitress. Uh, <laughs> but hey, I, you know what? I'll give him credit for coming up with something different. You know, it is different. It is different. And like I said, and I so actually cool like Jordan, you know, kind of her, her look. I, I I like her look. Well, at first when I saw her, I forgot, you know, about her. So like you, when the I gloves, first saw her, I was like, you got the gloves. Fuck are the gloves. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, isn't something like with her touch? And she's yeah. like, oh, excruciating. I'm like, oh, perfect. You and Nathan are a tag team from hell. <laughs> yeah. And of but- course, she's just serving to be some, you know, like Nathan's got a new girl. Like, isn't Audrey going to be jealous? Not not that that's Nathan's motivation. I mean, from like the writer, writer's perspective. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, you know, it, that's just going to develop uh, like immediately in the next episode. I'd bet any money. Okay, so if you had so, to choose between Jordan and Chris, uh, <laughs> Chris, fuck, I forgot his last name. Uh, uh, Brody. Brody. Chris Brody. Who you choosing? Oh, <laughs> as a character, as a character, as a character. Oh, okay, because I was saying, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really uh, into <laughs> into dudes, so yeah, I'm like, all right, give me Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, as a character, I, I yeah, I think we got to see more of Jordan. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I like her so she's far. Like Jess, right? Where Jess is kind of like a yeah, Jess minion. Yeah, afternote, footnote, afterthought. You know, whatever phrase Swiss you Army use. Jess. Yeah, just, she's just being used for plot points. And, yeah, uh, I was like, "There's a chance Jordan. I could see Jordan easily slipping into like being just the. I don't know if there's like a proper term, but like the jealousy tool, where it's like, oh my mm-hmm. God, Audrey sees that she, Nathan's got a new girl, and everything about her is perfectly catered to Nathan. He'd be a fool to throw this, except he's in love with Audrey. And you're like, oh, you know, well, he's gonna get yeah. Audrey like thing. Except not right. really. I, I kind of hate when main characters get together. Andre and Nathan work, but yeah, it's uh, not one of my favorite. Yeah, I, when I mind the memory banks, I think I liked Jess Minion, and by the fact that she was actually included in the special features, you know, and kind of their marketing stuff for, uh, you know, uh, you know the uh, Wait, about you the mean, gar- You mean Jordan? Did I say what did I say? You said Jess. Jess, damn. Jess it. Jordan. I'm, I'm worried about them becoming like Jess. Yeah, that that is that is a concern because I, I like Jordan at the beginning. Like I said, so yeah. I'm really uh, hopefully they invest the proper time in her. That's what I, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, you know, she's not you know, she's not the best thing in the episode. I mean, clearly that we've you know, Buffalo Bill has come to Haven and he's troubled. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it turns out Buffalo Bill's from Haven coming home. Yeah. Yeah, they thought he was, uh, you know, killed in the the first one <laughs> in the basement. He got out, and now he's in Haven. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to mention any of his scenes. Uh, take the podcast there. <laughs> Someone was, uh, <clears throat> I saw a thing online that was like, "What's the closest thing to a perfect movie for you?" And one of the top responses was Silence of the Lambs, and I was like, "Well, it is." I don't know if it's my perfect movie or closest to a perfect movie for me, but it's pretty up there. It's pretty close to the top. It's pretty close to being a perfect yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, it's an exceptional movie. I mean, 
when, when you write a movie like that and you win Academy Awards with, with that subject matter, you know. Well, it is based off a book, right? Like, yeah, uh, William uh, uh, Harris, Harris, yeah, something like that. Something like that. I think that's right. Harris or Harrison. Whatever. I think it's Harrison. Wait, we review TV shows. We don't care about hey. books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not heathens, and you know, we're gonna, you know, devolve ourselves to the point where we read. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not even gonna read subtitles. All right. Yeah. How do I we learned know? it in a book. <laughs> How do we know where the Gun and Rose Cafe comes from? We don't read books. Uh. Okay. Good point. Do you want to talk about the serial killer? Uh, I was just gonna ask you what you thought about him. Yeah. Well, apparently that scene was the one thing we did learn from the commentary is that scene was reshot because it was too grisly the first time. Uh, so I was just curious where I was like, well, what more were you guys thinking you could show? Like, what could be more? You know, like, I can't imagine what they were showing. Was it more organs or something or like pieces? Like, was the nose on the table? Like, what were they? What could they or well, and what, what do you take from? Did he take anything from Rosalind or was Maybe I can buy that. That was just I, I could buy. we That was just to, you know, cover up, you know, abducting Audrey or whatever. But I don't think we know what he took. Right. Maybe he did take something, but with the body burned, you know, he should have used that prosthetic leg. Yeah, I mean, that could have been, you know, <laughs> if anything else, you could sell it back to, um, you know, a durable medical equipment company. But there you go. He's, he's running like Craigslist scams on the side. Uh, no, but yeah, I was just wondering, like, well, what? how could you make this more grisly with like, I guess just the nose is all I could imagine. Or like, was he, yeah. If he puts, or maybe there was other dead bodies in there. So like, yeah. So if he, he gets out the wig stand and first he puts the, puts the nose on there. It looks like he's building a fucking snowman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason I got, I was like, what are those? I thought there was like a specific name for those wig stands and I could not find it. So just wig stand. And, uh, (laughs) thought there was some like like an odd name but nope just a wig stand like a, so like I, a, I i'm a little apprehensive about the serial killer and that is uh so he's a serial killer who's basically like i said going buffalo bill building of women a woman's body boy you better do something with that if you know and then but somehow he knows audrey and is in love with the colorado kid i guess you know, what, buffalo if, what if it bill, was like a what if it was a disembodied, like, uh, like the remains of the Lucy personality has like uh, maybe possessed somebody and is rebuilding herself a new body because she was in love with the Colorado kid? Uh, well, I think it'd be more that like Buffalo Bill obviously frequents, you know, uh, clubs, the type of clubs he would frequent, you know. I would buy that. I don't know. It's just the, the, Wait, the way. It, oh, what? Like, well, he went to gay clubs, right? Like, Buffalo Bill was gay. So yeah. that was. So it's kind of like this whole thing is, you know, what, I mean, well, we don't even know. Right? We don't know like, enough. I, I'm just if, I'm very apprehensive about if, what they're going to do with this. Eh, I don't know. I feel like it'll be kind of like I, I feel like it won't be bad or like. Um, I don't think it'll be great, but I don't think it'll be like anything bad. Okay. You yeah. know what you're probably thinking? You you, you got to rewatch Resurrection with Colin Lambert, right? That's the thing. 
Lambert. Did I get that name right? Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert. What am I thinking? Colin, I went to high school with Colin you Lambert. Fucking, that's because you could <laughs> have confused in the past. And I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> okay, he had a yeah, twi- yeah. twin brother, Shane. They're good guys, actually. But. <laughs> Watch them listen. They're like, what? What? Uh, I got name Lambert? dropped on the, the, the number one <laughs> tr- uh, Trump Haven rewatch podcast. You know what this is going to do to my Insta followers, man? Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lambert's. <laughs> With resurrection, uh, it's like a movie where a serial killers killing people and taking body parts to create a new body for like Jesus. Yeah, and uh, C- Christopher does his finest low talking. He does yeah. his uh, finest disturbing laugh that he thinks is like charismatic, and you're like, oh, uh, oh my he, god! What's he, isn't he, he supposed to be Cajun? Uh, yeah, he's a Cajun <laughs> detective with like a. <laughs> <laughs> with a whispering like english accent or whatever he's french, accent. French, french so french, i guess yeah. the cajun kind of mm, makes a little more sense but it's not good it makes more sense than his scottish accent in highlander oh oh my god hey just i live to hear him say haggis yeah <laughs> but uh so wait a minute so yeah so if christopher lambert is french you know why isn't he in the highlander episodes when they're you know in paris uh, you know on the scene yeah he's too busy uh mm-hmm. you know like patrolling the fucking french quarter man in yeah. new orleans yeah uh did, did he try to do an uh, he didn't try try to do a cajun accent i don't think in what? In resurrection. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. Oh yeah. I, I think I'm gonna have to like uh, rewatch, rewatch part of that just for just for enjoyment. It's on Amazon. You can watch yeah. it on Amazon. Well, and then uh, folks out there. Well, what ever... are you gonna rewatch it for if not enjoyment? Like. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, another one of his. You know, you could watch his movie Druids if you kind of want to watch something that's like so so bad, you know, and kind of laugh at it, but it's not intended to be funny. But you know, I mean, some... resurrection, the movie. <laughs> is not very good but he for sure makes it worse like he for sure brings down the level of like seriousness right and this comes from a comes from a man who is a highlander uh fan big time highlander fan so this is almost a highlander podcast you guys just so you know and then we found out there was one that was pretty you know finished <laughs> finished the whole show and actually had brought on cast members and we're like well yeah, adrian paul was on there and can't uh, compete with that you know the guy who played richie you know gave his inspiration for uh, a horribly written character and uh, i was like i don't think the world can handle deserves a second uh as if I, I say that like i mean it like it's an affliction i don't think the world deserves a second highlander podcast Ooh, well, wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> i see crossover potential for haven oh, dude we have the guard you know taking on the watchers wait yeah. what if there was a what if there was like a someone's trouble is whenever they cut off someone's head they get stronger mm. it kind of sounds like the kurgan <laughs> yeah. yeah clancy brown you legend clancy brown he should have been in haven it should have been he could have been chief warnos even though i really like nick campbell a lot yeah i mean nick campbell's pretty great he could have been like a second chief like an interim chief uh once nathan got like suspended and like Mm -hmm. you're kind of like this guy's a bastard and then he kind of is like no wait i'm cool guys i'm cool like slowly gained you slowly understand him and that he actually cares he's just gonna go become the sheriff of sleepy hollow and get his head cut off which does happen for fans of Sleepy Hollow, the which first episode, I, I I liked Sleepy Hollow, but he comes back in flashbacks. 
Yeah. Like Nick Campbell. Well, as a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Who was so. it? Someone was asking me the other day that like, I was like, oh yeah, I got to like the ninth season of uh, Supernatural before I just, I finished the ninth season and I couldn't do anymore. I had to quit. And they're like, oh yeah, it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I just was laughing. I was like, that dude, that dude <laughs> like got the fuck out of there uh, in season two, in the opening he, he, season two. Yeah. He never he, looked he, back. Yeah, he got he got, he got going when the going was good. Yeah, and, he didn't even uh, come back for like the season five, which is like the proposed real ending, you know, of the show. I, I thought I I thought you said just the other day someone asked me how I become uh you know become a Patreon member with uh, <laughs> Trouble to Return to Haven. <laughs> they did, and I told them you could head over to Patreon. We haven't uh a stand episode. Either out or incoming by the time of release of this episode. But that's all I've got. What about you? Uh, and just the one thing we, we yeah, you and I talked about before we recorded was that I really like that last scene with the dream sequence with Audrey and Howard. So I just, yeah. I know you, you, you I I'm thought it was a big, I'm not a big dream sequence guy. Like dream sequences are just kind of like, eh, to me. Yeah, I just love bringing Howard back and, you know, stop remembering, you know, that was that was that was really cool. And uh, I just I, I liked it. So, you know, I'm yeah, it was it was it was fine. It was, it was good. It was good. I think it was one too many like things at the end, I think, was the problem. Like, uh, like, you know, we get Duke and Audrey talk, Nathan and uh, Jordan talk and then the serial killer and then one more thing it was just like too many like things you know yeah. uh the teagues and tommy you know at the end like it was too many little like stapled on moments at the end where it's like yeah the episode's done like yeah it was it, it was it, it was probably a little overreaching yeah and you yeah. know and it packed way way too much much into it well i think because i had emotionally or i had like when we were talking before we were recording we were kind of getting things lined up i had fucked up the order of like how I thought it happened because I thought the serial killer moment was the last moment because I think that the dream is fine but I feel like I would prefer to end on the serial killer combing the hair I think to me that's like how we like end the that would be well when I was watching it the first time I expected it to end yeah after like, that oh, it's <laughs> over and then I was like oh no it's not and so then dream I was kind of like so I think maybe that's why I was emotionally not invested in the dream because I was like isn't the episode over like uh it fell over to me and I feel like when that happens you're like okay well and I remember thinking the same thing as you the first uh the first uh time I watched it I was like man they just got you know, they got a little over aggressive with how much they jammed into this episode, you know, probably. Yeah, and especially Mon, at the end. It's really yeah. it's like staccato. You know, we're, we're hitting you. Yeah, you're only supposed to spend a couple minutes post climax on like, you know, tacking on that extra stuff. And it was just a little one too many. Maybe start the next episode with the dream. But we had the flashbacks of Claire already. It's, it probably wouldn't work. Like, so I understand you got to like pack it in there. But. Maybe do the dream and then the serial killer after the dream, or I don't know. It, it's hard. I think they're both, you know, last scene shot, you know, yeah. of, of of an episode. So I don't know how you, you know, they probably would have been have to mix things into different, you know, maybe take the dream sequence and the medallion out of this episode, you know. Yeah. Or okay. Well, well <laughs> I legit forgot what the last episode even was. The farmer. No, oh, yeah. you can't really put it there at the end of the farmer. 
So we'll we'll see with episode five. We'll see with episode five how episode five kind of ends, and we'll kind of like take a look. Like you know, would the dream sequence stuff have really been better here? Because Claire doesn't really have a place in this episode anyway. Obviously, I don't know how episode five is going to go. Well, they they get her at the hospital with Daphne, but then again, she did work with Daphne, so I that's that. Yeah, but you could take that out. Oh, that's oh right. I mean, there. I'm going to go check to the vitals to get out of this conversation. You don't really need her in this episode, like at all. Not if not if you remove uh, right, Audrey's. Right, right. Yeah. Right, right. The dream sequence were in episode five. You wouldn't need Claire for this episode. I'm also right. trying to clear up this budget for them. You know, we we get we get Claire out of here for an episode. That's a little off the bill. Well, yeah, we're 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 just trying to help. That's just you know, <laughs> we're benevolent like that. You know. Yeah, you know, it's some classic Monday morning quarterbacking. You know, just should have done. All right. Well, I think that's it for me. What about you? Uh, yeah, I am def- definitely done. We, uh, you know, but I will say one last thing is that, you know, after so you're not going, done, so you're not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Damn it. And uh, after going through all of this, I think you're probably right on the scoring. I think I probably eight probably is a little too high. And, you know, and we don't do seven and a half. It, it probably is a seven. Yeah, but if you're we right. Did, if we did do seven and a half, this it would, would be, be a seven, seven and, and a half. half. Yeah. Totally. I could see an eight. I can see that. I can definitely see. I don't know about an argument for nine, but definitely eight, I think, isn't a is a pretty solid score. It's like a if someone told me like, hey, I gave that up to an eight. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I can, you know, probably deserves an eight. Maybe it's the commentary that dragged me down when like and the fact that I wasn't invested in the dream sequence as much as I probably should have been. That kind of like maybe go like, eh, like at the end of it. And then the commentary made me go like, oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, that uh, the commentary w- was killer. It did not. It did nothing to help, you know, the perception of, of the episode and that. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to think on it if I'm going to keep it at an eight or move it down. I'll let you uh, I'll let folks know in the uh, next episode. You're going to enter the archives of Haven, sit in your thinking chair. And, like, yeah, really just for 12 hours in complete silence. Like, no, it is an eight. <laughs> No, well, actually, I'm going to enter <laughs> myself into a, you know, one of those self, uh, the float tanks, the float tank, yeah, self, uh, not deprecation. Uh, that's that's what this whole show is about. Uh, yeah, self isolation tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that and just float and uh, contemplate. Seven, well, eight, seven, all eight. float down here. All right, I think that's it. We're going to officially end the yes. false endings. Just like the show, right? We did it too. We're guilty of the same thing. We get it, Haven. I get it, Matt. <laughs> uh, you can enter the maze with us by following us on Patreon. You can email us at troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Haven's Troubled, capital H, capital T. Doing some episodes, like we said, we got a stand episode for you guys to listen to and uh yeah we'll be back in two weeks with another episode this is it for your first host alex french and this is rich french and i want to thank you for listening as always and i hope you uh, are enjoying what you're listening to i would love to get we'd love to get some feedback and engage with you so please feel free to email us shoot us a tweet let us know what's going on and what you would like to know about and we'd love to chat with you so once again thanks for listening please be safe and most importantly never ever 
Let your troubles get you down. <laughs>